Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. A hidden gem, no more. Enjoy one of the top stay and play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you put it out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlaszewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by Bell Acres course marshal and all-around superstar Al McLean. He's also one of the few guests we've had on to card an albatross. When not on the course, you can find him chucking stones at a Cinnaboy Memorial Curling Club or cheering on the bombers and jets. Well, this is a couple years coming. At least I think it's a couple years uh, coming. But uh, this guy, I actually first heard of him back in the day. Uh, you old folks might remember 92.9 Kick FM, Red River College Radio. That's where I think he, he got his start. Am I correct in that, Al? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a blast from the past, but that's me. All right. Yeah. Mike and Al in the morning. Or was it Al and Mike? I think Mike got the credit on that one. I think it was you had Mike it. Al. It was Mike and Al in the morning. Yeah. And then, uh, moved on to QX one Oh four. So if you uh, recognize his voice, that's probably why, or he was yelling at you as a marshal uh, at bell acres, but we'll get into that <laughs> story or stories a little bit later on. But, uh, this guy, you've heard him on CJOB 680 AM. That's on your AM dial. He does the market watch, and that is Bryce Matlaszewski, and he is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. A lot of golf stories, a lot of investment advice, and uh, he's a great partner of this show. And we also want to give a shout-out to the Nick and Nikki group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. And we'll hook you up with an 8-inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. Or as uh, you mentioned before we came on, maybe just a blizzard because that freezer space is limited. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many good choices. <laughs> the <real laughs> yeah, the old, so many the good old choices. freezer space is uh, it's a premium here. And uh, um, my mom's got... Uh, 
a, a frozen DQ cake in her freezer mm. over uh, around Corridan there for my birthday. And that was last October. So <laughs> <laughs> due for due for an update, I guess. So thanks, Nick and Nikki. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to get you a, a new freezer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to Ryan Bell down yeah, there at uh, Coast Appliances. No free ads, but uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the market for a new fridge freezer myself. So there you go. Maybe get a two oh, for one. Let's all get Bogo. new freezers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also um, in September. So September 2022 is coming up. And Oak Island Resort and Golf, they are our destination sponsor. And they are giving all 18 over par listeners 20% off stay and play packages for the month of September. So that's uh, only this year, September 2022. You can check out our pod notes or check them out, oakislandmb.ca. And uh, we may be getting a few folks from Oak Island on the show in the coming, uh, coming nice. weeks. So yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. Des, Andrea, and they also a- have a great superintendent out there. It's Superintendent Appreciation Month in September. So maybe uh, we'll, we'll get him on as well. Yeah, what a place and what a deal. It'd be, uh, it's too cheap not to go. Yeah, it's basically free. Basically, basically free, 20% off. But uh, yeah, great place. Well, the Al, real- have you ever been to Oak yeah. Island? Uh, well, let's not uh, put the uh, cart before the horse. You might be hearing about that in the, uh, the old lightning round. Oh, <laughs> I like it. No, I haven't been. Let's get right into it, shall we? Yeah, yeah. The back yeah, nine. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's the episode. <laughs> I know that uh, that scares John John Hillary. Sorry, John. If you, and, you oh, like the got sound me the effects other day. are too loud. <laughs> and I John and Hillary, I got a scoop. Go telling me about that, and then uh, I usually listen to you guys while I'm driving, and just for whatever reason, your last app, I, I had my headphones on, and uh, that uh, thundercrack it got me that time. So. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I was I was laughing at Johnny for for saying that he got scared of the the thunder strike there, but I yeah. was mowing the lawn last week with my headphones <laughs> in, and it was so sunny out, and I heard, <laughs> and I and like I thought, uh, like when you're listening uh, to the radio, uh, and a car like crash, a commercial with an ambulance on yeah, it or any kind right. of siren, you checking right. your rearview mirror. Yeah, it's. Uh, you got me. Yeah, you're welcome. Good. <laughs> we should put more. Got me in the mood for blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay. well uh, we'll get into it and then we'll get into the back nine lightning round uh, a little bit later but uh this is a each and over part it is a golf podcast and uh, al how did you get into the game of golf uh hey guys um long time listener first time caller <laughs> <laughs> when i was a wee little tadpole my dad took me out onto the golf course and he's a big time golfer and uh he made an agreement with me. If I behaved any uh, holes that were near the clubhouse, he'd lay down a ball and I'd be able to you know, choke up on his set of clubs and I'd be uh, whacking around where uh, the golf course wouldn't see where they were like uh, the people inspecting from the pro shop wouldn't, wouldn't be watching us. So uh, I played with my dad and then uh, eventually loved it enough that he got me uh, my own set of jazz clubs. I, I started with a three wood, a nice. seven iron, nine iron and, and a putter. And I uh, got a membership at Assiniboine and just with those clubs, I whacked it around all summer long, every summer. And eventually it came to uh, when I get picked up and taken home. My dad dug a, like a tin can in our front lawn so I could work on my pitching and I would in, I'd invent games. I'd play golf ball against golf ball. I'd put down like a top flight against a titleist. And I had a whole league and a whole scenario set up <laughs> of uh, 
standings and who did better on what holes based on like where I would key off from. And uh, just like that way out at our cottage, uh, shout out Booster Lake. There was a patch of grass where I shouldn't say grass patch of no grass <laughs> where we would store the boat all winter. And the, so the boat would be upside down. Right. And it would kill all the grass and there'd kind of be like a formation of like, just like a, a boat shape. Think of it like, like uh, a clothing iron but expanded and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we dug a, uh, uh, a tin can in there. And it was because it was so dead. It was just like a putting green. And to this day at my cottage behind our, our front door, there's a, a nine iron and a seven iron. My cousin and I used to play uh, whoever won the hole got to choose the next tee box. And I swear we'd play hours from sun up to sundown. Wow. Went over about my cottage and uh, my lakes kind of got a, uh, like about, 40 foot driveway that leads to a, from a gravel road down to our property. So we'd be whacking golf balls down the gravel road. And then uh, the driveway would kind of be like a de facto fairway. And you hit it to there. You'd, uh, you know, be ahead of your cousin. And uh, yeah, we'd play that all the time. <laughs> Back in the day, I used to be real good at the short game. And uh, <laughs> that, that part of the game has passed me by. You, did you play with a real ball? Yeah, yeah, we'd have uh, real balls. We'd have a whole like ice cream pail full of them, because uh, mm-hmm. you lose it in the side of the highway or in the longer grass of that. You just toss them out of your pocket. But uh, it was like one person would get to be seven iron, the other person got to be nine iron, and you'd basically be doing like three quarter pitches. You'd never hit one uh, that would raise like over your shoulders. So it'd just right. be like little bump and runs and little punches. But yeah, the 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 trick of getting to choose the tee box. You get to be real creative depending on what neighbors are down. Mm-hmm. So you be playing tee box from the neighbor's yard or tee box from the neighbor's decks. Uh, and then uh, we got a, a waterfront property. So a real tough hole, you'd be uh, teeing off down by where like the water would be at or our, our, our boat launch and our dock would be. And you have to pitch it up the hill and into our front yard. And it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The tin can's kind of been uh, overgrown. But uh, ever have you guys out at Booster Lake? I'll show you exactly where it happens. And uh, we put down another uh, you know, can of cashews and uh, uh. get some cocktails poured, and I guarantee it'll be a great time. And more of an almond guy. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. Uh, more of a, you go to Flanders Lake. <laughs> but that does sound like a great way to work on your short game. And I will comment on... You aren't really a true Manitoba golfer, especially if you golfed at Assiniboine, if at some point you didn't have a jazz golf club in your bag. Oh, yeah. Shout out Terry Hashimoto. Yeah. <laughs> I just only about four years ago, I upgraded to uh, a Titleist three wood I bought online. But before that, I, I was uh, uh, jazz was my three wood was my last relic of uh, of yesteryear in my bag. Wow. What, it's still what, in my, what my closet. Now? I got a, well, it's a Titleist three wood. My, my favorite club to hit is I can usually keep up with the boys with it and I don't have to worry about a, a bad slice or a hook. But uh, I've got a Titleist driver too. And we'll talk, that's a, another lightning round question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting a storm. It's in the forecast here. And <laughs> well, we don't get did into that any, quick. <laughs> did you take any lessons as a junior or just, just playing a lot of golf and you kind of... Um, one year when we uh, had a membership at a cinema, it came with lessons, 
And uh, Esipenko took me out to like the uh, in between two and three, like the the field there, <laughs> the driving and, range, <laughs> the yeah, dangerous yeah. driving range on earth. <laughs> don't hit, don't, don't hit balls over the creek area. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he kind of just analyzed my swing. And back then, I had I don't know like how I got into uh, the way I played my ball, but I, I had it way up by my front foot. And he was kind of like puffing on a cigarette and said, like, oh yeah, yeah, let's see a contact. And I, I, I clocked one pretty good. And I could see he was um, uh, impressed that he even had any contact. So he said, well, I'll tell you what, like stand on one foot and see if you can hit it. And he, like, it's kind of a lesson to show uh, how my alignment was so bad and uh, you, how kind of you want to have it like the triangle. You want it in between the, the, your, your, your feet. So I stood on one foot and he expected me to like miss it, swing and fall over. And uh, I connected it. I didn't go that great, but I, I got it going forward. And right away stopped me and said, do that again. And so on one foot, I, I clocked another one. And he said, uh, I still remember, because it was a nice little badge of honor. He said, you've either got the best hand-eye coordination I've ever seen, or you're damn lucky. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know what? Man, lesson learned. I'm, I know where to place the ball now. Yeah, he had some funky, yeah. uh, funky things that he worked on. I remember even talking uh, with Team Lefty uh, Haffer there, uh, Blair Mooney, and just what he would do with your grip. He'd be like, oh, no, just turn your hand a little bit more over. So literally your right hand, if you were right-handed, would be so, I guess, closed, like so over top of the club where you could like barely yeah. even swing. Or he'd be like, oh, we'll just open it up all the way. And then that kind of taught you <laughs> just the different ways that you could put spin on the ball and do like a, a draw or or a cut. And he was one of the best workers of the ball that I've ever seen. And I think that's what, what gave a, me the, the the enjoyment of seeing, you know, people work the ball either left to right or right to left, whatever it may be. I, I can't it, hit the ball really straight, but I can uh, make a turn. Yeah, just like one little tinker can affect things so much. It's amazing, like the, uh, the, the engineering of a golf swing and even like the grip and the follow through, like I've already hit the ball. Why should a follow through matter so much? But if you, I've been working on like a uh, less follow through because it's been so windy at Bell Acres these last two weeks that uh, it, it keeps it low. And it's, it's amazing, like the, the, the genetics of a golf swing. And I'm glad you talked about that because uh, I can remember my dad on our front lawn when I was tin can golfing, him showing me an interlocked grip. And basically he was trying to break a bad habit of me swinging like a baseball style swing or a hockey style swing. I still use it. And now I golf so much that uh, when I get asked to play like slow pitch, I'm interlocking a green uh, grip with my index and my pinky finger when like <laughs> at, at the dish, so. <laughs> this feels natural. <clears throat> How does that work for you at the dish? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, batting a thousand <laughs> home run every time. <laughs> Not far off. Not far it's that off. Hand eye coordination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to save this till later, but uh, Al, I played slow pitch with him uh, one season, and I need him kept our batting stats for slow pitch. Yeah, really? Which he has this huge <laughs> spreadsheet. Like he and, uh, Al yeah. was, uh, yeah, well, it was almost like 700, um, 700% uh, batting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And that was before the money ball, the, the saber matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Did you so uh, Steven, excited yeah. for the weekend? <laughs> yes. Uh, shout out to our longtime listener. Steven Needham is uh, getting married this weekend. So this will drop right after he, uh, he gets married. So congratulations yeah. to him. Finally so interrupting our round at Deer Valley and uh, Dakota dunes for a quick little 
uh, catch of the bouquet and then back on the links. Uh, very <laughs> nice. I'm not golfing this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> Can't work it in. Uh, Assiniboine, uh, did you did you did you play in any of the junior events growing up there? Do you remember any of that? Uh, not memorably. I, I'm sure I did. Yeah. But uh, this name's going to come up a lot as we chat. But best golf friend Adam Miner. He uh, was uh, a junior the same time as I was. And he's a, he's a former junior champion. Like he's a, a great guy, but like, he's such a natural golfer. And I kind of got like a little bit of a younger brother syndrome when it comes to golfing with Adam. Like, as I try as I might, it just comes so easily to him. So uh, not only that, but him and I were both goaltenders. So he was always like a shoe in to be the starting goaltender on the A1 team. <laughs> and I wouldn't even get looked at in tryouts because uh, uh, Adam uh, is always like a well, talented and, and, and better than me. And uh, in hockey and in golf. So uh, I do remember the first time that I beat him as juniors at a cinema and he was just having an off day and I was making everything and about seven holes. Uh, I mean, we we're probably only playing nine, so about seven or eight holes in. He just completely gave up and started just you know, trying trick shots and that. But to me, it was a, a badge of honor. It was a notch in the belt. Mm. Was, uh, and then I didn't beat him again until about, <laughs> maybe 15 years later. <laughs> well, another but, yeah, as, a junior, as a junior at, uh, at a cinema, I was always playing catch up to Adam minor. Yeah. And well, Dave another uh, badge of honor is uh, that you're, you're now on a podcast and, and he's not. So, Oh yeah. What's he doing? <laughs> Taking care of his two kids. I bet. I think he has a TV show. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. Shoot. Yeah. I know. Yeah. He's I don't have golf network. So yeah. On YouTube. <laughs> I saw us being interviewed by Faraday. <laughs> did you, uh, you talk about slow pitch. You, did you put, you played some pretty good ball, some baseball back in the day. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I pitched and I was the second base, uh, second base person, I guess. Uh, and you know, that was my favorite sport to play competitive. Just something about like, you know, being with the team and the, uh, strategy involved in baseball. Uh, the idea of like, being prepared for if the ball comes to you, what are you going to do as a, a base runner and as a fielder? Like uh, if the ball goes to a certain area, oh, I, maybe I can get to, to third from first on this play. And and uh, uh, there's a lot more like trickery than you'd think in baseball, trying to like uh, mislead people. And um, uh, I love that aspect of it too. Yeah, you've Especially always seemed like someone pitches. who uh, who is willing to mislead people. So I guess that's oh, why yeah. I worked I'm out always up to sneaky little tricks. Yeah. <laughs> we take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealth Simple? Uh, just based on my, the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me on you guys. Yeah. D- discount brokers like well, simple, uh, certainly have their place. Uh, but at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that, but what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs. 
uh, both short term and long term. And we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce malashewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 you did mention uh, Dave Sharkowitz there, and uh, I remember, so having worked at Assiniboine and being a junior member there as well, uh, I remember there was one junior club championship. He just couldn't hit any woods. Like, he couldn't hit his driver, couldn't hit his three wood. So he took a four iron off the first tee, and everyone was giving yeah. him shit for it. And, of course, he topped it, but I think he played the rest of the round, and he was, he was, he was pretty, like, close to a scratch golfer as a junior. He was, uh, he was phenomenal. Oh, he was talented. Yeah, yeah, and a uh, funny story. So Adam and I both played at uh, Westwood Collegiate. And Adam's younger brother, Matt Miners, a year younger than me and Adam, uh, he's a decent golfer as well. He's a little bit more my level. I, okay. I like to think of the minors, like the, the Mario brothers. So Adam is like Mario. He's, you know, Mr. Reliable. It doesn't have the long ball. doesn't, uh, uh, have, you know, too soft of a touch around the green, but there's, he's got no uh, weak spot. And then his younger brother, uh, Matty, he's more like a Luigi. Like he hits, the ball further than anyone I see, but he can't putt worth a darn. Like, uh, so, uh, so, uh, me, Maddie and Adam and whoever we could get would represent Westwood collegiate in high school golf at tuxedo. And there was a time we were playing Dave shark, which he must've been silver. He was either silver or John Taylor. And Adam still gives me heck for this story. So Dave's ball was maybe just on the green. Let's say, eight feet away. And he kind of looked at Adam and said like, is this good? Probably like half joking. Cause it was so far away. <laughs> and I was lugging my bag, just walking up to the green and I kind of overheard him and just you know, not paying attention. Like typical Al. I said like, yeah, fine by me. And so he kind of looked at me and I, like a, a, a thief in the night, picked up the ball, put it in his pocket off to the next tee. And Adam like, he still brings it up. It, it's, I swear, 15 years ago. And he still brings up this, uh, me like speaking out of turn and giving Shark uh, uh, a very, very generous gimme. <laughs> An eight-foot gimme. Nice. Another, story in, uh, another story in high school golf, our uh, Westwood Collegiate uh, crowning achievements. We were playing, Adam and I were partners playing, uh, I think it was like, like St. John or St. Paul, like a real posh money team and they had like top of the line clubs so you can tell by the, the their outfits that they were uh came from money like they're like they were dropped off in like rolls royces mercedes Benz, whatever but whatever like uh happened <laughs> shout out to uh, st paul's <laughs> yeah Man, I, was I don't know how many what? rolls are in winnipeg but <laughs> yeah, yeah this Maybe. is also 15 years uh, it was a tesla i'm sure <laughs> uh, but uh we, we took him. Uh, we heard from behind that Maddie and Colin Rutledge uh, had their match sealed up and they were kind of like playing the, the B group and we were playing the A group. And we were like up two 
on them and we were playing 17. Like we had them dormy. And uh, one of the guys, like these uh, well-to-do uh, millionaires hit a three wood and it just like flew right in the trees. And he flung his, his three wood like right after the ball and it cranked a tree and just shattered. Like the head flew everywhere. And Adam and I were like just Jeez. wanting to high five and like still keeping composed. And uh, this bro just said like, I can't believe we're going to lose four points to Effin Westwood, like in front of us, like <laughs> such a, uh, a, a poor way to lose. And uh, so, so we, uh, we won. The guys behind us won. We t- took four points, like a real like underdog story. Fucking Westwood. And, eh? uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we got into Adam's uh, Grand Voyager, all four of us, and we just like pounded on whatever song, like as loud as we could as we left the, uh, the tuxedo. And it was uh, Lady Marmalade, uh, Boulez Boucouche avec moi, like wow. <laughs> right Very from nice. the beginning. Wow. Great outro music. Yeah. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever sold the rights to that story to Disney or any other? Person? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I'm a storyteller. I'm not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's registered now with 18 over par. So too bad. Oh Disney. yeah. All right. Get Zach, Zach Efron in the Al McLean role and uh, Daniel There's Radcliffe to play Adam. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thanks. Thanks, JR. <laughs> Just take your shirt off. Let's see how close of a resemblance it is. No, I'll keep it. All on. right. Next question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, moving a little bit forward, I mean, talk about high school golf uh, and such. Were, were you still a member then at Assiniboine at that time, or when did you get hooked up with Bell Acres? Were you ever a member at Bell Acres, or you just uh, uh, worked um, there as a marshal? Well, there's some time in between. I uh, spent a few years at the base course. Oh, nice. Sorry, okay. The McLean's had a McLean's had, they had a really great family rate there. It would be like an extra hundred dollars for the, like the rest of your family could golf as you please. And my mom was golfing at the time. So my, like the whole shebang was like maybe like $500 for uh, your entire family to golf. And uh, so I'd always be dragging like Adam and then whoever I could golf with out to the base to, to tinker around there. And then, uh, a uh, long time went by. I was more of a, uh, a dollar golfer. I'd wait for like the twilight rates or, uh, find some good two for ones in that. And then, um, my best friend, Jason Seska, his wife, Taryn, she was a, uh, working at bell acres and through yada, yada, yada found out that they needed marshals. And I, I was a bartender at the time, a bartender at a, a hotel bar. So, uh, like my version of a weekend would be like Tuesday and Wednesday. So it was perfect for me. This, the course would need somebody who was available for those times. And I was available and I wanted to golf. So, uh, they had an arrangement, uh, get pretty much a free membership, slight limitations. And then about every two weeks, maybe every three weeks, I would do like a six hour marshal shift. If there was a tournament that do it a little bit more frequently, and so I jumped at that and this will be my fifth year of being a marshal at uh, Bell Acres. And now I've got like three buddies that are, are on the crew. And my dad just moved to Kelowna, but before that he was a marshal and two of his pals, uh, he, uh, got on, on, on the crew. So, uh, it was through, uh, Taryn Pazeska and, uh, and, uh, I guess Del Facto, Jason Pazeska, two good friends of mine. They recommended me and, uh, uh, it, I'll do it as long as they'll have me. And what is that experience like on a day-to-day basis uh, when you are marshalling? Are you you cruising around? You got the T-sheet and a clipboard in your hand? Are you yelling at people? Are people yelling at you? Or is it pretty chill? 
in five years, I could only think about one confrontation and it really wasn't that bad. It was just, uh, somebody didn't think he was being as slow as he, he was, but, uh, 99.9% of the job is monitoring pace of play, like seeing who's slow, trying to keep the members happy because, uh, the members there, they, they pay an awful lot for uh, the privileges at Bell Acres. And they want to be able to get their, their 18 holes in and still make it to, uh, to work in the morning. Or if they're playing late, they'll still make it to, to dinner on the table while it's still warm. So, uh, but you know, uh, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Bell Acres open to the public. So we get people who are on first dates there who are more interested in canoodling than golfing or someone brings up the kids and they're, they're slowing everyone down. So it's, I, I love seeing stuff like that because you know, it's my favorite sport and it's a dying sport. We don't have people learning it and people trying it, but, uh, the curmudgeons at Bell Acres, they, uh, aren't as patient as I am. So, uh, I, I with a smile on my face, I try and uh, find those folks and urge them to play quicker, remind them of the etiquette of letting people play through you wouldn't believe how many golf balls you find just by like controlling the course. And that's usually a good icebreaker. Like I'll have a whole, uh, um, cart full of golf balls and people just learning it to them. It's like gold. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll toss them four golf balls in the next tee box. Like, Hey, you're just learning. You can use these. Do me a favor. The guy behind you there, let him play through next time he catches up to you. And usually it's win, win, win. Nice. Is that your go-to Kill line him. then to, to hurry people oh, along? Yeah. And yeah, that's, and uh, I like to, I like to pass the buck a lot. Like I like to say, uh, here, do me a favor and keep the clubhouse happy. Keep the pro shop happy and, uh, let the members play through. If you're up to me, you'd take as long as you want play as a six on for as I, <laughs> as far as I care. <laughs> I also like to do that when I catch people with, uh, contraband booze stuff that like we clearly don't oh, sell. Yeah. Like they're drinking like, yeah, like a bottle of light and Kugel honey vice, like something that's clearly not on the bar cart. <laughs> Never heard and, of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll point at them and say, like, uh, I don't think we sell that brand. Do me a favor. When you go by the pro shop, make sure it's not visible. And when the beer cart girl comes, make sure you're you're uh, you're purchasing from her as well. So and it keeps people happy. Yeah, that's a good strategy. I think kill them yeah. with kindness a little bit, right? And be respectful and don't, you know, there are some marshals. You get a bad rep, right? Some of these, uh, some guys kind of maybe take it too seriously and become too too much authority and, you know, kind of a power yeah. trip, right? Where, well, yeah. At the end of the day, I, even me, I'm in the customer service industry. Like, you don't make money by people coming to Bell Acres. You meet meet make money by them coming back to bell acres. And then, you know, they chose to come to our course. I want to send them away, but pleased. Any means possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do like that. Cause I, I did have, when I was younger, I did have the opportunity to buzz around in the cart and be a, a marshal. We didn't really get any training yeah. on what to do or whatnot, but there was a few times you, you saw some friends. Well, and then we had the, I think last year when, when skiing was on episode five or six or four, whatever the hell it was. And yeah, coming around the turn, they were playing strip golf. So I don't know if you've encountered yeah, yeah. that going on at Bell Acres, but if contraband booze and slow oh. is all you have to worry about, great. There's some stories about the, the Hooters tournaments. Nice, fine, uh, great, uh, restaurant here, here in Winnipeg. They would have a tournament and they would get like these derelicts would come out <laughs> and the things that would be happening in the bushes. Like, I don't know like, how they would convince, well, I guess, you know, with, with a, a fat tip, uh, these like, like quote unquote caddies to, uh, go into the, like the bushes and, uh, like we would never host a tournament like this. Even 
even in like the last three years, times have changed so much, but there would be like BJ's happening in the woods and the, like <laughs> the girls like stripping on the, on the flag sticks and stuff. And <laughs> it's uh We've even come a long way from like that. And, uh, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's that the show, everyone. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Hooters. Well, I, I was on duty that day. I didn't, I didn't have my badge. I was going to say, were you on duty that day? No, no. no. I left my badge and gun at home. I so uh, <laughs> uh, can't wait for that tournament to go. I'm going to find, I'm going to say Hooters. We got to put on another tournament. <laughs> yeah. So the last one that we had. This guy, he used to run the Marshall program, this fellow named Kevin. He, he was the one who busted uh, Adam Walker for not wearing sleeves. And somehow I got in trouble for it. But, <laughs> Tell so, that uh, story. PGA correspondent Adam Walker. Yeah, the very same. So uh, uh, this Kevin, he personally decided to run the, the Hooters one. And he was like a no-nonsense guy. He was ex-military. And he was saying, uh, I wouldn't want to have any one of my crew do this uncomfortable tournament. I'll handle it myself. So yada, yada, yada. It's just as bad, maybe even worse than anyone had expected this uh, Hooters tournament to be like, there was, uh, it was like something out of like a Caligula and uh, Kevin kind of sent out a group chat to us all saying that is the last time Hooters is coming to Bell Acres. They are no longer welcome at our course. And then uh, I went in and I talked to the guys in the pro shop, like the, the guys who are really in charge. I hear that Kevin uh, had a real uh, circus uh, when he was marching the Hooters. And they were like, yeah, it was fine. We'll welcome him back. They paid their bills in full. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a different story from uh, the people who are actually doing the financing in Bell Acres rather than the person who is uh, chasing away uh, a riffraff with his his club. Are you ever, are you, uh, are you ever in any danger by like balls flying at you out there? Any close Not encounters well, that way? I probably am. I got my cart's been hit a few times, but, uh, yeah. I know the course, like the back of my hand now it's been so long that more so I'll be watching. There's two notorious dog legs at bell acres that if you haven't played it before, the people on the tee don't know you're there. And that's like the target. That's the landing spot. So the poor girls running the beer carts, they'll get waved over and they'll be standing right in the, the danger zone there. And I'll kind of like, this is one of the things I watch out for. And I'll zip out in my cart and say like, all good guys. I'm fine. You guys getting around, but next time leave a cart here because uh, to the tee box, it's a gangway. They can hit their drives. They, they feel like they're, they're not encroaching anyone, but like they'll be zooming golf balls over their heads and there there's two holes that are real bad for that on a slow day. I like to just chill out at the, the, the crook of those dog legs and help people out. If they try and cut the corner and I'll do like a, like a field goal. It's good sign that the ball's in play or I'll nice. like uh, just drive away. If it's not, <laughs> uh, yeah. you'll go find Throw a ball. ball on the green. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's nice. I yeah, wish so there was more of that of where you can find you know, the ball. You need to have marshals like that yeah, that'll direct and, and, it to your ball if it's safe. Oh, and the dudes love that. I usually toss down some kind of like a, a, a marker for them. And uh, like I say with the customer service thing, that's just something that, that hopefully that puts a vote in the column of them coming back to Bell Acres because really that's what I want at the end of the day. Well, that's great. I uh, had some, uh, some ideas last yeah. year to me. Yeah. So there's a, a real slow day I was marshalling. And there's these just these curmudgeons, these two members, and they're notorious grumps. 
and they were on the 13th hole and they saw me and they waved me over and like, what the hell's going on? What's holding everything up? And there was a fella I saw like uh, earlier in the day playing in front of them. And I knew he was the culprit. And I said, like, there's this guy up there. He must just be learning to golf because his, the people in his group, they're taking time to line up his swing and, you know, getting his alignment right, making sure that his, uh, his club face is right behind the ball. And uh, so, you know, you know, you want people to use Bell Acres. You want the, the, the sport to survive. It's nice seeing somebody learning, even though it's at an advanced age. So this guy, he didn't take that. So, oh, tell him to do it somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. So I, I beetled on off and I figured, oh, I better, you know, monitor these, these new golfers. And I saw them again. And this time their, their cart was like a foot away from the green, which is a big no, no. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, we want to keep the, uh, the, the fringe and everywhere up there as, as, as pristine as we can. If we're up to me, it'd be cart path only, but that's a whole other topic. But so I finally decided it's time for a, like a martial warning. So I zipped up to the guy. They said, Hey guys, they must've told you in the pro shop, you can't have your cart that close to the green. And the fellow like, who I thought was learning to golf turned and right away, I, I figured out he was blind. It's like, Oh, they should have told you. Oh, this is as close as I can get. And my playmates here, they, they take me right to my ball. They walk me shoulder to shoulder and it dawned on me. That's why they were lining it up so much. Wow. And that's why. So, so I go, now I think I've got a good excuse to this, this grump who's a member there. So I zip back a few holes and I wanted to tell him like, here's the reason why it's the damnedest thing. we got a blind guy out there thinking he's going to be amazed. And uh, this guy, he's a good witty dude. He said, uh, if he's blind, why can't he come back tonight? (laughs) 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 Wow. Uh, uh, Never satisfied. Quick witted. (laughs) Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think that's the quote of the episode right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Al, Al, it seems like you got your uh, public public relations down with the uh, with the customers, with the patrons, well, thanks, if you will. But I had some tips, and I, I wanted to know what you thought about them. The first one here: what about like handing out? You're handing out balls, but maybe some snacks or maybe the odd alcoholic beverage. I think that would go a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd make I'd, I'd be more popular. That's for sure. <laughs> the second one here, um, it, it's think- sweet when I when I'm doing a, a tournament, and we have a lot of tournaments in Bell. Uh, that's an easy job because once you get all the sponsors to their holes, and they've got like you know beanbag toss or dunk tanks and all kinds of like cool loops and junk like that. So once you get them to their holes, your next duty is just wait for the shotgun start and show the people what tee box they belong on, and after that, it's just cruising around. And uh, I usually at that point I've made friends with all the sponsors, so uh, I can usually wet my whistle at that point. <laughs> hey, right <laughs> Go on. Have a, no. a twisted tea or a, uh, like a, a torque or. Oh no! <laughs> Your bosses might listen to this. I'm not sure if that's allowed. That's my second. Uh, my second suggestion, which I think you could get behind, is a, a themed martial uniform. So oh like, yeah. So like uh you know like a western you know theme you got the cowboy yeah. hat the six, six shooter, shooter uh yeah. you know cowboy boots and then maybe the next day it's the federal agent you know you got your black suit on sunglasses you got your earpiece in Yeah and, yeah. Uh, the There's other one, one time I, I, I patrolled with aviators and was like talking to a fake microphone in my wrist just just for uh for gags <laughs> and uh ah. Do they yeah. give you a radio? 
Yeah, I got like a little walkie-talkie deal. Nice. Is there code? Is there? Do you talk in code? Uh, sometimes they're fun. Yeah. Breaker one nine. Breaker one nine. We got some some slow bogeys here on dog leg. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about uh, about pace of play, which is you know ninety nine percent of your job. You got any any recommendations on on how to improve that? Just general etiquette, man. Uh, play ready golf. Uh, you know, if you're sharing a cart, uh, get your club ready when you go to your ball. Um, don't be like, uh, um, don't, uh, get out your yardage finder every single time. Sometimes, you know, trust the course, uh, posted yardage mm. and, uh, you know, be, be generous with your, uh, your playing partners. Gimme's cause uh, that, that goes a long way. There's a certain guy who I, <laughs> Adam and Sean are the two best golfers I know, but they're also the two slowest golfers I know. And when they're facing an important putt, like cripes like i hope you have got a sudoku or a book or something because it's uh <laughs> <laughs> shots fired yeah but like hey like i say they're the two best golfers i know so i'm sure they go hand in hand yeah yeah i often wonder that about our uh, mutual friend sean skeen there it's, it just seems like he's he's taking a well, lot of time with those putts but he gets to the green a lot faster than i do so well you and i we played rounds before mike and uh, don't let yourself uh call the the, the kettle black but <laughs> <laughs> i have yeah. been i have been called slow before yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's slow on the golf course slow on the golf course not you slow play with else. sean you're like hussein bolt mike like it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're think- uh you're slow golfer number three in, in my, my database. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Rough. Well, I think that's that why hurts. when we were out with Colwyn at Southwood there, Colwyn just like, set up, hit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it yeah. seemed yeah. to work for you. You weren't <laughs> like thinking that. about so many things. Uh, that's true. That's true. I can get in my own head. I got yeah. so many. I got to uh, I got to think about every YouTube video I ever watch before <laughs> I swing the ball. Oh, no doubt. Like, it's... It's, they're not lying when they say it's 80% mental. It's amazing how just like a, a gentle like mantra to have before you, you pull the trigger on a golf shot can, can help you. And just, you know, remembering your training, remembering your, uh, your uh, tutorials, really, like uh, how, how to swing a golf club, which way every part of your body should go. Well, that was the biggest thing I took from Aaron Cockrell. I took a lot of things from Aaron Cockrell when we talked to him earlier this year on the pod. And he said he tries hopefully to keep he his knows thoughts. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, he mentioned that before, whether he's putting or chipping or, you know, driver or iron in his hands, he only wants to think of one or two things when he sets yeah. up and is about to hit. And that's it. Not anything else. Just one or two oh, things yeah, and go that. for it. There's a philosophy of like a pitcher will uh, like a major league baseball pitcher will have a different song in their head every day, like by choice, they'll choose a song and they'll be humming it as they're going just so they keep things simple. Like they, they don't overthink it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I do that too, but usually it's a, like a Beethoven symphony or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a more emotional. Yes. Keeping on one more on the Marshall, like I, we I want to hear the I want to hear the uh, Adam Walker story as you, oh, yeah, you brought yeah. that up. The sleeves optional, and you know what, Adam Walker is completely uh, in, in the fair in, as far as I'm concerned in this story because it's Bell Acres. Like uh, you know, we've got people there, girls will be there, and in tube tops, and fellas will be there, and in, in tank tops. And you know, we, we're not kidding ourselves. We're not Glendale. We're not uh, definitely not St. Charles. 
we are uh, hosting a good time. And so Adam Walker was playing with me and Adam Miner. And uh, don't know who number four was. Probably Skeen. <laughs> so um, Adam Miner and myself were both marshals. And about three holes in, Walker asks if he can, you know, take off his, his golf shirt, his polo, and put on a tank top. It's just too hot. It's a really, really hot day. And like, I don't care. Why would I care? So I told him, yeah, yeah, fine by me. And everything's going good. Till uh, we pass, uh, finish the ninth hole, and we got to drive by the, the uh, pro shop. And the, just like perfect happenstance, the guy who runs the Marshall program, Kevin, who's, uh, he's retired now, but he's out there tinkering around with a golf cart or something and sees us zip by. And I kind of did like a, a play. Oh, hey, hey, Kevin, how you doing? Zipped to number 10. And he got in his cart and came over and he uh, tore a strip off Adam Miner and me. He's like, how do you have this kid here wearing a muscle shirt playing with two marshals? You're supposed to be setting an example. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I guess you're right. They're like, so this he's, this guy's just Kevin's drunk with power at this point. He's like a mall cop. <laughs> you look at the scorecard, there, there's no dress code or anything like that. The fact that he was playing with, with, uh, with two marshals was the incriminating stuff. So for the rest of the season and the season after that, anytime we'd have a, a meeting, he would call me muscle shirt. Like, <laughs> like I wasn't even the one wearing the tank top. And, uh, to this day, when he sees me, he's like, Oh, good to see you. I got a collared shirt on. Like, yeah, yeah just for you, Kevin. People like, don't forget. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, That's uh, funny. God bless uh, Adam Walker. He's uh, he's naive. So every time I see him, I'll compliment him on his golf shirt, and he'll fall for it each time. So, oh, gee, well, thanks, Al. I don't know, winners, blah blah blah. And then I'm like, well, and, and nice to see you got sleeves on. Like, oh, you son of a gun! <laughs> <laughs> every well, time I go that well, and he hook line sinker. <laughs> at least he was wearing a tank top and not a tube top. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, being a, a <laughs> yeah. marshal at Bell Acres, when, like, you, how often leave, do you leave get some to play beer there? card girls for the rest right? of us? Yeah. Sorry, JR, what? <laughs> no, yours was better. I was just asking how often you get to play Bell Acres now. Um, but see, I, I, I'm lucky. I, I'm kind of working for myself this summer, and I'm easy enough. I can find a job, uh, find a, a game. Uh, Adam uh, is a teacher, so he's got a lot of pre summertime off. <laughs> Sean has got a lot of availability that he can, uh, can meet me at the course. Uh, same with, uh, scoops there, John Hillary, uh, if not, uh, uh hydro Friday, he can get off work by four o'clock. So I, I, I'm probably on pace for about three rounds a week, which is, uh, it's embarrassing to say because my, my handicap should be lower for the amount I play. Like they, there's no, um, correlation for the amount I play and any improvements to say I'm still, uh, still mid mid eighties. Well, like Sean and Adam will roll to the course two minutes before their tea time, dust off their clubs and beat me by five each week. So it's, <laughs> but I sure enjoyed the sport. <laughs> Maybe you got to take some more time putting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've done, I've gone to the range. I've watched YouTube videos and, uh, uh, you know, I can't put 18 in a row together. I can maybe get 16 good holes, but those other two, they'll be whoppers. Well, the big one that, that I saw uh, last year and I'm like, oh yeah, Al, was when you got the Albatross at Bell Acres. That's right. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Like as a, as a person who, you know, Mike and I, we've never gotten 
a hole in one, never got an, an albatross. We think the albatross is, I think statistically it's more challenging to get an albatross than it is a, a hole in oh, one. Oh, without a doubt, JR. <laughs> but but that that must have been like, did you see it roll in? Did you know what happened? Or did you just no. kind of walk up and be like, holy no. shit, I got this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this is during the uh, the COVID era, right? So there's a little like, PVC pipe inside all, all the holes. Some, some courses have like pool noodles at Bell. We had like a little piece of pipe in there. So that you, you didn't need to be uh, taking out the flag stick and kind of contaminating it, whatever their thought process was there. So we're playing 18 at Bell and it's a uh, par five, just a slight dog leg. And I like to walk when I, when I play, I just, I uh, enjoy tricking myself into getting the exercise. I don't like, like going to the gyms and that, but I can, I can probably stay thin and stay fit if I, uh, walk when I golf rather than uh, putter around in a cart and I was playing with uh, two guys, Adam Miner and uh, John Scoops Hillary there. And they were in a cart together. And on 18, there was a little bit of a tailwind behind her back. But I've seen worse. I've seen better, I should say. And Adam crushed his drive to uh, left side of the fairway where he was. He could see the entire green. I was on the right side, kind of like in a little bit of rough near where the, the, the corner of the driving range is there. I, I had a, trees in front of me. I couldn't see the, the fairway, but no problem. I was far enough away from the trees. I knew I could pop something over and at the very least uh, be near the green to, to get down to the chance for birdie. And Adam was yapping away at his side of the green, waiting for the group in front of us to uh, shake hands, count the score and get away with the finish their round. And scoops is riding shotgun with him. And Adam is like, Oh boy, I'm going to swing as hard as I can get my three wood. And if I can't get there with this club, it's just not, not possible today. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> the deck cleared is free, uh, free to go. And Adam crushed his three wood and I can't see the ball cause I'm uh, across the fairway. So I grabbed my three wood and I thought like, I can keep up with Adam here with a nice three wood, but I've got these trees to hit over and my hybrid, I can just pop it higher and like, you know, three out of four shots to my three wood, I'll hit more of like a worm burner and which is a kind of a great layup because it, it, it still gets me 200 yards or so. But with those trees, that's not a good option right now. So I, I, I chose hybrid instead, knowing I could pop it up higher and it'd be by the green. And so like, I'm thinking like, Oh, good. Did as best I, at the very worst I'm over these trees. I've got a pitch for, for uh, setting myself for it, but a good chip, like a kick and birdie. And so poor Johnny scoops, he's who knows where. So those guys are putting around in the carts looking for Johnny's golf ball. And I just beeline to the green. I followed the flight path of where I figured my ball would be. And when I walked up there, I could see a golf ball right in front of the green. So I shouted to the boys, like I got one. And I walked up, I could see it was Adam's ball. So right away I was like, ah, darn it. Like, I guess maybe I didn't get over those trees or where, who knows where it'd be. But from the front of the green, I could look and I could see a ball sticking up in the little COVID protector hole. Like I see one was home. And so like froze, stopped what I was doing and walked back to the boys. Like I walked to like 150 yards where they, they'd found scoops ball. And uh, Adam kind of casually is like, Oh, did, did you find them both? And I wanted to play a trick on. So I was like, yup. So are they, are they good? So you betcha. And uh, I said, both of them like, yeah, yeah. Yours is in front of the green. So, oh, and then where's yours? And that's what I can't kind of hold it anymore. It's like, Oh, it's in, it's like, it's in the rough. It's in the bunker. It's like, it, it's in the jar. And wow. like, bullshit, no way. It's like, yeah, yeah. And I, I marked my golf ball. I put my initials on it. And like, it couldn't have been like, it was like product placing. Like my initials were staring right back at me. I could see it from the front of the green with a white flag. And uh, Scoops was the most excited of us three. 
like he's that's crazy that's insane so we made our way up to the green adam like harumphed his way up like a speed walk olympic style to it and saw that it was my ball and turned and no, he was maybe disappointed or envious for like maybe a millisecond, but then came and gave me a big old bear hug. And this is during the COVID era where we weren't supposed to be like shaking hands. <laughs> and uh, dangerous. Scoops was still like, Scoops was dumbfounded. And uh, I kind of didn't know what to say. And so got out my phone, took a bunch of pictures, went and found where the ball mark was. And my ball mark is right at the front of the green. So it would have been a sight to behold if we did see it because it would have, you know, landed at the front of the green and then released and made its way to a, a, a midway flag and probably just just had enough pace to, to, to drop into the, the side of the side jar so i uh, did a photo shoot <laughs> and here's a good story so uh this is the 18th hole right ended our round and we're in the mood to celebrate surprise surprise so uh the club pro robin he's on the driving range where you got to walk by to like, kind of turn in your cart and i kind of yell at him said robin I just got an albatross. And he's like, holy shit, are you kidding me? He's like, go tell everyone in the pro shop. It's like, yeah, I, I can't wait. And I wanted to tell like my buddies, like the cart kids and the guys I'll talk to like uh, 15 minutes before my round about golf, about this amazing thing. And so I go and kick in the door and just my luck, Serena's working. And Serena is a, a very attractive young girl. She's a excellent golfer. She's one of the, the best up and coming curlers uh, in, in the province. And uh, just the last person I want to see gloating to. And I said to her, she's like, Al, can I help you? I was like, oh, yeah, uh, just just want to tell Nathan and the guys I, I, I got a, a double eagle. I just got an albatross. It's like, oh, uh, okay. But everything else is good. Like, yeah, yeah, see ya. Like, really, <laughs> a punch in the gut. Like, you know, it comes to attractive girls. Like, quick to put my foot in my mouth, and that was no exception there. So, it's, uh, uh, really took the window to my sails promptly. That's well, awesome. Well, you brought up curling, and I know Mike wanted to touch on curling a bit because I didn't know this about you, but apparently, uh, you yourself are a fairly avid, or I guess, avid curler as yeah. well. Yeah. I can't say enough great things about the sport of curling. And, you know, it's funny, depending on what season it is, I can't decide what my favorite sport is, either golf or curling. Like, I'm so passionate about both. But I swear, guys, I, I urge you to, to try it and, and learn the sport because uh, it's very similar to golf. Uh, your slide, like when you kick it on the hack with your stone, think of that like your golf swing. Like, you're not going to be perfect the first time you do it. But the more effort you put into it, the more balance and the more like tutorials and practice, it comes quickly. And uh, curling bond spills, I swear, I'll attest, they're some of the most fun you'll have in no matter what the season. That's like curling speak for a tournament. And uh, usually it's uh, competitive, sure. But it's more so to have a good time and meet friends and uh, to enjoy the sport and enjoy the, the sportsmanship. There's a lot of times that you'll have a, 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 be in a bond spiel and you'll have such a good time shooting the shit with the, the people you're playing with that you'll be putting tables together afterwards and you know buying each other pictures and stuff like that. Uh, curling, like it really makes the winters go by quickly, especially when the, all this rigmarole with COVID, like getting to see the fellas and, you know, uh, having a little bit like a, a chat with the boys and the girls who would come out and, and after our, our, our weekly play, it's standard tradition that, uh, we'll put tables together. We'll play some cards. We'll play some dice. 
they're uh, watching like maybe the jets are playing or it'd be Thursday night football, something good's on the TV. And I've met some of my best friends through the sport of curling just from, from doing stuff like that, from, you know, putting chairs together and uh, you know, you eventually see who are the, uh, the partiers and who are the competitors and uh, you gravitate to the, the people that you feel more comfortable with. And so uh, uh, it sure is just a wonderful so- social sport. And I swear I played a lot of sports. You'll never find a sport that requires more teamwork. And you wouldn't think of that because it's kind of like an individual thing. You chuck the stone, it's either a good one or a bad one. But in an average curling throw, after you throw it, you can communicate to your sweepers like, oh, I'm a little bit light on that one. And then they'll take over like, oh, I got to sweep it more. Oh, and then the person you're throwing the rock towards your skip, he kind of can guide it. So that's where the hollering comes in. Like hard. Oh, you you might rack on one of the guards coming up here. So sweep it to get by or the opposite. Like you need it to move a little bit. So uh, you can whoa the sweepers and then, you know, get off the, the, the stones so that it, it get more movement in the rock. And, you know, again, to bring it back to golf, every sheet of ice is like a, a different putting green. Some of them will have a lot of movement where the stone will curl a lot towards the center line. Some of them will stay straight. Some of them will be real fast, like a downhill putt. And some of them you'll have to give a little bit more effort to. And, uh, you know, a good team that communicates that and, and figures it out before their opponents do it does and really give you a, a real uh, advantage in, in your game. I'm, I'm a member at Assiniboine Memorial Curling Club. I actually sit on the board of directors there. And we're known for having very, very fast ice and very swingy ice. So uh, a lot of score, scoring can be done at, at our ice. We're, we're proud of our ice maker for allowing us that. And it, it makes the sport so much more fun because you're never out of it. Because uh, if you can figure out you know, where it breaks, just like a long putt, you can get the advantage and you can uh, you can score bunches of uh, stones just as quickly as you can give them away. And the strategy of curling is it's like chess on ice. Like you got, I'm not exaggerating when I say you've got to think two stones, maybe three stones ahead of the one you're throwing. Cause if I put it there, where's he going to put it? And if I, he puts it there with a good shot, where am I going to put it? It's, it's a lot of moving parts. And like, I, I, I sure love the sport of curling. It doesn't show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Retake. No, man, that's awesome. I need, I need to get out. I never, I never guys thrown it. I never thrown a rock. I've said that before. I don't know if JR, I can't remember if you had gone or not. I have, I have been uh, yeah, curling it uh, only once or yeah. twice though. So it's never been a, a big part of my life in the, in the winter. Well, I swear guys, if you were to find uh, somebody who's kind of a little bit more advanced, who knows the strategy and can kind of show you what you're doing wrong and they show you what, what to do differently, you'll just fall in love with it. I, I, I promise you, you will, because uh, it, uh, <laughs> it's a weekly get together and, as we get older, it's a lifetime sport. Like you can play it as long as you can get bend down in the hack, you you can play it your entire life. And even if you, your knees are shot, you can start stick curling. A lot of people in our, our league, there'll be a bit of a hybrid. Two of them will throw it like shuffleboard style, like on like a, a, a cruise. Like they'll have a stick attached to the handle of the rock and they'll let it go. And the rest of them will be more natural uh, curlers who are, get down and crouch and slide. But I, I swear to God, guys, if you, uh, gave it a little bit of effort and you had somebody to show you the ropes, you'd fall in love with it as quickly as I did. And, uh, I feel like a, a bond spiel. You mentioned that that's a multi-day event, right? And that's kind of a marathon in itself. Cause you're going out, you're having a couple of drinks and then you go oh, yeah. a game at like 8 AM. So it's almost like a, yeah, yeah. 
a golf weekend comparison. Uh, by exactly, Curly. exactly. And like, there'd be scenarios where, like you say, the 8 a.m. draw, you could have, you could be playing the night before and you could look at the bracket and say, like, guys, if we lose this, we're on the ice tomorrow at 7 a.m. But if we win, we get to sleep until noon. So it gives you a, like a motivation for stuff like that. Right. There's an annual bond spiel called the Manitoba Open. It's formerly called the MCA, Manitoba Curling Association Championship, but now it's more open. It's all inclusive. And uh, I swear, if it's not my favorite weekend of the year, like no matter what the season, mm -hmm. it's darn close. Like it is so much fun. And if golf were to ever hold a version of it, so the way the Manitoba Open works is that every curling club in the city, if like let's say there's 25 of them, they shut down league play for an entire week. And you will uh, submit your team. And about three days before the tournament begins, you'll find out where your first game is. So you could be St. Vitale. You could be at Assiniboine here in St. James. You could play at the Granite, which is the Granite, you know, all uh, on its own is an incredible building. It's like a Hogwarts building. There's hidden rooms. There's like a secret loft with shuffleboard and snooker tables. Like it is, it's over a hundred years old and it's an amazing building right there uh, off Osborne. But, uh, so this, this bonds I'm telling you about, like, you don't know where your route's going to take. And it's an entire weekend. If you're successful enough, you make it to the Monday and then the Tuesdays. But uh, it sets up a scenario where, like, you know, if we win, we play at the Thistle, which is kind of off Burnell, like near the city downtown. If we lose, we play East Kildonan. If we and then the Deer Lodge has got a spot. Uh, uh, Charleswood has got a curling club. Wildwood. Um Fort Rouge has got a curling club. Like it sets up scenarios and you and the boys can then say like, Oh, they got a good breakfast spot. Like if we're playing at Fort Rouge, let, let's go to, uh, I got the, the daybreak breakfast or we're playing at the, the Rossmere. Oh, they've got a really good uh, bar on Thursdays. They've got a good chicken wing special. So it sets up this like scenario where if there was a golf version of it, where you'd play like maybe nine holes at one course. And then if you win your match, you would uh, advance into the, uh, the, the bracket to uh, play at a different course. But if you lose, you drop down to a more competitive field and you'd play like at Bloomberg or players or bell, or like, that would be just the f most fun time anyone can organize all summer. Wow. Set it Good up uh, golf Manitoba. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but uh, uh, JR, Mike, uh, it's called the Manitoba Open, and there's no better way to cut your teeth into the sport of curling. Even if you like play, I'd, I'd suggest getting a five-person team or a six-person team so that you can kind of rotate. And if you do it one time, you'll be hooked for life. Like I've got friends who that's all they do is play in that bond spiel every year. We have, we played it against a group who come in from Milwaukee for the Manitoba Open every single year, <laughs> and they got a tradition. They take photos with their opponents. And yeah, it's uh, that is the. It, your team it's, it's really uh, had your team had some uh, your your team had some success one year, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, we won an event, and that's another nice thing about this Manitoba Open, is that if you keep winning, you'll get into a competitive flight where you'll be playing like against like Reed Carruthers or against uh, Mike McHugh and like some of the, the curlers you'll you'll see on Sportsnet on TSN. But once you start losing, you'll drop down into more of a competitive group that you you feel more comfortable with. Kind of like if you're signing up like a slow pitch team. You can either be like the AA8 uh, group and playing against ringers, or you can be, you know, a just for fun team where, you know, the secretary from the the, the, the shop is also uh, trying her best there. And uh, the Manitoba Open drops down like that, where there's about 
12 different trophies to be won. And eventually, based on your win-loss record, you find yourself into a flight that is, is your, your competition. But uh, about eight years ago, we won the Manitoba Hydro, and it was the Monsanto. Uh, then they changed it to the Manitoba Hydro. And uh, No free ads here. <laughs> especially to Monsanto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Genetically modified. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and of course, ethically, I, I declined the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah, yeah. Wow. no but uh guys thanks for letting me talk about curling because it makes winter go by so quickly and you know i'm not going to pay to say it i'm just saying it out as, as a friend as a sportsman uh you'll love it if you give it a fair try and if you uh just like learning how to golf if you start to learn with a humble attitude knowing that uh, it's going to take a little bit of patience and a little bit of, of doing to get get competent at it so I'll, where do you, where are you playing? Uh, where are you curling out of these days? Uh, me and like uh, all my friends, we, we curl uh, at the Assiniboine Memorial. We've got great ice. It's a great time after, uh, after curling. Um, <laughs> even if you're not going to go throw rocks on a Thursday night in the winter, uh, if you come down and uh, let yourself into the club, you can, uh, uh, you can guarantee yourself you'll have a, a good time. But that's at Assiniboine Memorial Curling Club. We're uh, over in St. James. And if you are going to try the sport, uh, I uh, urge you to, to give our club a try because uh, we're, we're bleeding members. We, we could use, the, uh, we could use the, the new blood. Mm-hmm. Well, I one more. Frequ- oh yeah, go I ahead. Fr- sorry, I frequented the uh, Assiniboine Memorial as a as a kid, often going to Vimy uh, tobogganing or snowboarding, and then we hike in there and get some French fries. Yeah, you know it's funny you say that. That's probably why we've got such unique ice, is because we're built out on that uh, downslope there. Oh. Yeah, that, that's right. They uh, they pour the grease onto the ice uh, overnight. And, uh, oh, so there's <laughs> there's a little bit of a grade in the in the foundation, and there is like there's a uh, if you dig down deep enough, there's like a, a a current or some kind of creek that runs below ground, and it, it gives our ice maker the, uh, a lot of extra work to do. Just like imagine like a, a green screw on a golf course, it, it gives him a headache. So uh, Matt Rakin's the best in the business. We're lucky that he, he chose a Cinnaboyne to, to make ice for us there. Cool. But if you ask, ask anyone in the curling community, community about uh, best ice, uh, a Cinnaboyne's got it. A lot of the, the, the big pros still come to our, our place to, um, to practice for uh, Olympics and Briars and Scotties. You'll see them uh, on a regular. It's, and that's the funny thing about curling. It's so approachable, like on a regular Thursday night on the sheet beside you, Jennifer Jones can be, be uh, like just practicing, tinkering, using it almost like you would a driving range. And uh, then afterwards, you might be going for a beer with uh, with uh, Reed Carruthers or Mike McEwen, somebody who's um, you're used to seeing on television, a world champion. But uh, they're right there uh, asking you about chicken wing specials or what's, not- the score, <laughs> what's the score in the, uh, the Jets game. You're not going for beers with JJ after? I think she uh, keeps it to the protein shakes. <laughs> Fair enough. They don't Fair come enough. with you for tips or anything. No, no. Um, uh, if there's any like a, a bigger to do bonds feel like like a Scotties or a Roar of the Rings, without a doubt you'll see them hanging out in the the, the, the patch afterwards. They'll be partying and enjoying a. Uh, like Harlequin or Trooper or whoever they, they book. Yeah. It's always, yeah, they're the Canadian super group from uh, years oh, yeah. past. Some wicked can con, whoever's, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
whoever's still alive from April wine. (laughs) (laughs) Not to touch more on this, but I heard that even uh, like watching some of these professional bond spiels, I'll call them, can get very rowdy, like being in a spectator in these, you can, you know, it gets pretty heated. Lots it of is what it is. It's like the waste management open. Like there's, there's uh, a lot of uh, libations being served and it's encouraged to, uh, to, to holler, to scream the good shots. And uh, you know, you never uh, do anything bad about the bad shots because it's, it's a very, very uh, gentleman game. It's a very sportsman game. So you would, uh, if you're spectating, you'd want to be quiet while the shots being thrown. But if it looks like you're going to see like a, a good double takeout or a nice draw to the button, you can uh, let it roar and scream and bang around your cowbell and holler out your favorite province or your favorite curler's last name. We'll have to, uh, JR, we'll have to go find a, a, a bond spiel and watch. Oh, yeah. Come take watch the, our team. Take the freezer truck. Thank Cheer you, on yeah. Team McLean. <laughs> we we just might and uh, what kind of Our, equipment are you using for that i know there was an equipment controversy i don't know if it was a couple yeah, years ago maybe yeah. a bit more are you using the old I style brooms nice. or yeah are, are you regulation brooms yeah we're all regulation we're all on the up and up uh our curling club invested in a, a shot broom you, you might see it like a ski chalet like a uh a, 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 a ski that's uh being put out to pasture that they uh super glue so uh, four shot classes to it oh yes, uh, our yeah. curling club our curling club's got that one on that on an old uh, horse broom so if you go to a uh, cinnaboyne i know deer lodge has one too you go and ask them for a, a broom shot usually they'll give you a, a specially priced uh, round of shots and pour four uh, stiff ones for you in shot classes and it's a good photo op that you and the if you find, the trick is though you got to find three mates who are about the same height as you otherwise one poor sucker is <laughs> just gonna get drenched <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true we, we can get a chair for john scoops to, to stand on <laughs> not more shots fired i like it like the controversy here on h over par we don't shy away from it <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if your pun was intended there jr but yeah shots fired <laughs> uh, uh, uh. it always is intended Trust me, even when it goes over people's heads. But uh, anyways, I wanted to touch on, too, is the Blue Bombers. Because yeah, you, yeah, so uh, as we put up uh, your photo or photos on social media, people might recognize you as making cameos on TSN <laughs> on the regular. Was it the, is the North End Zone? Is that where you usually are situated yeah. for Bombers games? Yeah, it's. I think that's the direction. It's uh, So it's like the opponent's tunnel. Uh me and uh, my best friends, Jason Baseska, shout out Rich and Jay's pool service. If you, uh, if you need pool maintenance or uh, help opening and close, Rich and Jay's is the best in the business. Great big nose means great big savings with Rich and Jay's. So uh, we've been season ticket holders for like 15 years. And when we they switched to, uh, to IG Field, we had such longevity that they gave us the the choice of any seats we wanted in the stadium and i kind of was looking at like a 3d rendering on, on the laptop of what what the uh depiction of the, the new stadium would be like and we saw that like row one seats one two three four and five right in row one behind the end zone and they, they were already calling this like the uh the new version of what would be section k which was the party zone like the, the college zone uh, at winnipeg stadium near the rum hut right you can imagine the, the yahoos that'd be there <laughs> so I told Jason, like, you know, rather than like get you know 50 yard lines, there's any good viewing spots. What do you think about getting like, like the dog pounds, like uh, right in the party zone where, like, you know, if you're a Packers fan, uh, you know, the Lambo leap, they'll be like, imagine what like the, uh, 
the red tape you'd have to go through to get a seat in that area. Like it ended up being passed down from generations and generations. I, t- I convinced Jason, like we got a chance to, like, to, to have these forever. And so, yeah, we got row one seats, one, two, three, and four. And, uh, through like convincing, uh, we turned it into like a bit of like a, a, a touchdown plunge zone where the, uh, if the, the players feel like jumping into the crowd, they'll come up there and everyone will be given high fives and, and, uh, patted them on the helmets and stuff like that. One year, uh, as a good joke, I convinced Jason to, to give <laughs> the, the player who scored a $5 bill, like as a, a, a tip. Like I thought it'd just be like a funny like sight gag. And so Jason had like a Wilford Laurier wave it out there. And the, we got the touchdown that ran up. And so it was it, it was even funnier than I imagined. Like a, a different player collected the five dollar bill and Jason shouted, like, there's more where that came from. You go give that to, to Kenny Lawler. So he's not a bomber anymore. So TSN caught them on the sidelines. Like whoever Jason gave the five dollar bill to gave it to Kenny Lawler. He's like, where'd you get that? Like, the fan gave it to me. It's like the fan did. And the commentators are like, well, how about that in the north end zone? A gratuity. And then for the rest of the game, like we, we watched it back on PVR. Anytime they would be in the red zone, they would kind of reference it. Like, well, I wonder if the the fans are digging deep into their pockets for another tip if their bomber faithful got a touchdown here. And it was. Uh, it made like the highlight of the night in the top 10. And that is uh, one of our best gags that we came up with. Uh, nice. Incredible. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And a few front pages, right? You, you've been on the front page. Yeah. The uh, camera loves me, Mike. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I'm more, more so I'm uh, a bit of a clown. Like I think the cameraman can count on me to ham it up and like do a, some kind of goofy uh, fan face. And it, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's nice after a bomber game, I'll get phone calls from grandma who's watching it at, at her uh, retirement community or relatives <laughs> out, out West. And that uh, look, even the guys in the pro shop at bell, they, uh, they'll get in the needle me after a bomber win. That's good. How many, how many years in a row did you go to uh, like uh, labor day out there? Yeah. The labor day game in Saskatchewan. I went, I think 11 years in a row. I saw the bombers win twice. And finally we, uh, we hung them up when uh, the bombers lost like 50 to nothing. And, you know, this is our end of summer, uh, pilgrimage. We'd get a party bus, we'd all get costumed up. We'd go get drunk and we'd, you know, walk in there with swagger. Remember the Swaggerville bombers? Oh yeah. We'd expect, yeah. You, know, we'd expect you know, to, to be, uh, you know, talk of the town and, uh, year after year we'd get humbled and like eventually it became like, why do we come here to get like told that we suck and reminded that we suck. And like we're having like four year olds like tell us that we're losers. And like, we can't even like defend ourselves because the scoreboard is, is in their favor. So, uh, maybe it's about time that I, I, I uh, pick up my, uh, my state, my steed and go back to, to a labor day game, or maybe I'm the problem. Maybe, uh, yeah, the karma say, they been, seem to be doing all right since you haven't been showing up. Oh, there. Yeah. It's funny if you look at the statistics since Saskatchewan opened their new stadium, that new mosaic. The Bombers have won the last two Labor Days. They've won a, a, a championship game there to send us to a Grey Cup, and the Winnipeg Jets have won there. They they beat the the, the Flames there. Like we uh, right. we have as a province, we we do well at the new stadium. So I think uh, some of our Saskatchewan listeners to over eighteen, they'll be. Uh, you know, convincing, uh, the powers that be there to go back to the old design or something because they, they were more successful with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, who gives a damn anyways? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just sports. 
at the hey, end of the day. As soon as we get the Needhams out of Saskatchewan, we don't have to talk about that province again. <laughs> <laughs> More shots fired. Like it. Soon, soon enough. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's what I had, Mike. Do you have any more that you want to get into, or do you want to jump into the back nine lightning round? No, that that pretty well covered everything I had. Uh, I actually wrote down notes this time. Oh wow, so, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I ran out of printer paper, so I just wrote everything down. Uh, how about that? Oh yeah, vintage. And then I yeah. faxed. Then I faxed it to myself. Did you do that like a fe- feather and ink, like a like an old quill? <laughs> I did. I had a, a real old quill. Let's see that calligraphy there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's some good chicken scratch. Uh, dearest Alistair, tell us about the marshalling. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. I think a storms are brewing. <laughs> storms are brewing, and uh, we want to give another shout out to Bryce Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 515 Three, four, four, six. It is the back nine lightning round. We've been looking forward to this. Uh, everyone loves the back nine lightning round. And now they love the sound effects, or maybe they get scared shitless of them. Not sure. Yeah. But, but either way, let's get into it, Mike. It's about nine questions, maybe an extra or two, but uh, have at it. Mm. Mm. Al, you got a nickname? Uh, that's what I've been starting this with recently. I don't know how that started. But uh, Alistair, is that even your real name? That's my, my given name, Alistair. Alistair, Alistair McLean. Yeah. McLean. But I, I, you know what? When I was really little, I kind of, uh, it's Al. Like I preferred it. I've kind of grown into Alistair. Like I, I to, to this day, I, I don't have really have a preference. Alistair or Al. Mm. Good to know. And uh, people seem to like, they, they're, takes a, like a, a second take when I, I say, uh, no, it's not Alan. It's not like uh, Alex. It's Alistair. Like it's a, a old Scottish name. And I'm actually named after a Scottish author. Who, uh, who wrote some very, very, very boring books that I uh, took out at the library. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's all about like a Scottish military uh, uh, strategies uh, and stuff. We'll have to It's NyQuil. No, no, I would not recommend it. <laughs> oh, well, Alistair McKenzie. JR, maybe if you're having trouble getting your, your young one to sleep, then yeah. I recommend that. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't Alistair McKenzie write about... Uh, yeah, um, military yeah, strategy. Maybe that's yeah, a, a similar sounding name. <laughs> well, uh, Al, let's bang it off here. Have you ever got a hole in one? Nah, no, no. But as Are we mentioned before, Al, uh, the uh, the albatross is much uh, much oh, more yeah. difficult to uh, accomplish than uh, than a hole in yeah. one. So I, I think yeah, that's, the way I think of it, more. you know, a hole in one is is one good shot. An albatross requires two good shots, right? That's right. So, yeah, it's right. much, much more impressive. Right? No, I've, I've never, uh, I, I couldn't tell you if I'd rather have an albatross or a hole in one because I have the albatross. I probably still envy the, the hole in one. Like I, I keep it on a mantle. So, uh, I still probably would rather you know, be able to hold the scorecard with just a single uh, stroke on it. But, uh, I've been close a few times. Uh, the closest I've seen, my buddy Adam Miner, who I told you about during that same uh, year of COVID, not the same round, but when we had the PCP pipes in the uh, uh, the holes on hole 13 at Bell Acres, he hit one and in its flight, we were all like, oh, this is close. Get, get in the hole, get in the hole. And it bounced about a foot in front and then kind of did a little bit of like a, a, a trigger. like a, a, it, it fluttered a bit. So we knew there was some kind of tomfoolery. 
And we couldn't tell if it was in the hole and just sticking up because of the stupid COVID pipe or not. And so uh, Adam like, look, I think it's in. And I was like, I think it's in too, man. And I still had to hit. I told him like, Adam, I can't swing until we figure this out. So we got in our cart and we zipped up and it was sitting right on the back ledge. Like there was no way a golf ball could rattle itself around and then sit on the back door if the darn COVID thing didn't stump him. And I swear to this day, I, I he, he got robbed from a hole in one because of a, uh, that COVID that's the, you won't hear about that statistic on CJOB, but that's a, 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 a casualty to COVID. Yeah. That, uh, Apparently. And especially at the beginning of this story, you call it a PCP pipe in the hole. So yeah, yeah. was it PCP pipe or a PVC that's, that, pipe? That's what we were smoking. No, uh, it was, uh, I didn't know you like to get wet. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. No, um, no, no. And you know what? It was funny. We were playing with a guy. And again, I'll bring this back to curling. He's a fellow I never would have met if it weren't for the sport of curling. And he's an old timer. Like it's a, he plays in the, the champions league. And every time we see Teddy, he, uh, saying, you know what, Al, uh, you would have bet me a million dollars. Adam was robbed from a hole in one that day. And he'll tell the story every time you see him at <laughs> shout out Teddy Kane, who's an absolute beauty. And he's, uh, and that's another thing about curling age doesn't matter. Teddy will pull up a chair and he loves playing uh, chase the ace or 31 with us afterwards. And he'll spin a yarn about the day Adam minor got jobbed out of a hole in one. <laughs> and you know what? Adam kind of was to his credit. He didn't count it, but I told him, uh, keep that golf ball and keep that scorecard. And uh, if you, if you never get one, your, your son will want to keep that one day. Cause uh, I witnessed it, uh, how close he was. Certainly. What a, a touching story. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so next one here, what, uh, if you did get a hole in one, uh, what kind of golf ball would you be using? What kind of, what's your golf ball brand or model? And I like the uh, pro V one. Yeah. Uh, titles pro V one is, uh, the standard bearer in my bag. It's, uh, what I try to play, what I, and, uh, if not that I, I drop down to, to a, a tailor made, uh, mm-hmm. I do like, uh, I like the bridges Bridgestones is a good golf ball. Sprick's on makes a nice one that I enjoy, but, uh, uh, like I say, you find an amazing amount of golf balls when you marshal and my standards for, for usable golf balls have just gotten so upper crust that if, if it's not like, I don't even look at a Callaway the same way anymore. Or like, so I've got like probably like there's the equivalent of like uh, a sock drawer just filled with pro B ones and tailor mates that, uh, in my lifetime, I'll never be able to use them all. And then I've got a, a secondary, uh, collection of golf balls that are my giveaways that, uh, if I'm playing with somebody who, uh, I last thing I want to do is see somebody paying for golf balls in, in the clubhouse to the pro shop. So I'll, I'll toss them a, a Safeway bag of, I call them giveaways. Are, they all, get, are they all branded with your initials? No, those ones. I, I, I don't, uh, don't put the ASM on. <laughs> I got into a habit of, uh, depending on what I'm playing with, I get so amped for a round of golf. I get so excited knowing that I'm going to see a certain friend in that I'll, uh, take out a Sharpie and I'll, uh, customize their golf balls with things that remind, uh, me of them. So I was playing with Pesesco. <laughs> I was playing with Jason last week and he lost his golf ball. I was like, Oh, I lost my Ricky Gervais golf ball, but luckily I've got a VLT's golf ball to pull out here. (laughs) (laughs) We got time in our hands. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a fun gag. I played with a 
Alex Needham and Putsy last week and Scott had an Aerosmith golf ball and uh, Alex had one that said making pasta on it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Good. Well, I look forward to playing with you this year. Well, I better uh, learn some factoids. Uh, I'll I'll go for lunch with Brett and then I'll I'll, I'll come up with (laughs) some ammunition to put on your your custom golf balls. (laughs) Certainly. Uh, What is your favorite course to play in Manitoba? Um, it's something about, you know, being a member at a golf course. Like I know Bell Acres is, uh, it's not even in the same echelon as, uh, uh, Glendale or St. Charles, but I'd like to think, you know, we're a step above, uh, some of the other, uh, public courses. So I, I really do love Bell and it's, you know, something about playing the same hole every single day, you know, uh, whether the, the wind is a different or the pin placement's different, you, you know, ask the, the fellow that cleans your, your club every day. How'd you do on 12? Uh, oh yeah. It was down. The pin was down in the gully. So I, my heart wants to say bell acres, but, um, on my way out to cottage, to my cottage, uh, in the Nopaming area, we've got to pass by Pinawa and Granite Hills. And every time I play one of those courses, it becomes my favorite course. So a guy played Pinawa last Friday and just looking around at how lush it was and right on the lakefront and the holes are so uniquely cut that like, man, this, and it's, it's cheap too, for a thrifty golfer like me. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like, this doesn't get any better, but next time I play Granite Hills, I'll say the same thing about that. So it's like a, a, a teeter totter for which one of my favorite courses is it's either Granite Hills, which is an absolute slice and uh, uh, Pinawa Pinawa's, kind of been slept on a bit that uh, mm-hmm. no one talks about it in the favorite courses, but there's a, a few holes there that are just, uh, oh, yeah. just uh, I, I dream about funny Pinawa stories. Me and the boys are played. Our, our, we had a, a team building retreat last year, our curling team. Uh, we went out to my cottage and we played Pinawa on the way up there. And one of the cool things about like the Pinawa channel is people are partying and like the, the inner tubes there, you can rent a tube for 20 bucks and, bring a cooler of booze and just uh, it's four hours on the water of uh, drinking in the sun. And so we were playing, we had like, I'm sure some skins going and uh, Adam was lining up a putt. And like I told you about Adam, he's serious when he's got like a putt with uh, money on the line or even to save par. And this kid in like a bathing suit came out of the trees and I was the only one who saw this guy. And right away I knew this boy was in distress and I kind of like, like held up my hand, like one, one second, Adam finished his putt. And then I yelled like, can we help you? What's the problem? And this guy, he, uh, he couldn't, he, you learned right away. English wasn't a uh, comfortable language to them. And he just like tube broke phone. <laughs> and so, uh, the rest of the guys in our group were just like, tell this guy to buzz off. We got a match we're playing here. And I was like, no guys, this guy needs help. Like it, right away. I figured out his tube was punctured. And that he like just swam on shore, ended up like on a golf course. And so oh, I gave him my phone. I, I told this guy, like, who are you going to call? Like, uh, like if your tube's like, down, the rest of your, your tube mates, they don't have their phone going. Like, so he called and just went straight to voicemail. And I, uh, I just, so I, <laughs> I, I got out of the golf cart. And I said, like, here, you hop in and we'll drive to the next tee box. And we drove to the next tee and Jason was just, like, like I just killed his dog. He was so mad that I was helping out this, 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 uh, like he was like, like, like a refugee who like was on yeah. the Cuban channel yeah. or on the, on the Pinawa channel. From the like, flotilla. 
So yeah. So I, I convinced him like what a golf course was and told him like, follow the card path. You'll end up back at like more of a civilization and there. You'll like, be able to meet your friends and maybe you'll see like, the car that got you out here. And so he walked like dead straight down the fairway, like not knowing that we were going like, to hit our yeah. tee shots. <laughs> and so uh, the rest of the guys just shooting me daggers for even engaging with this poor fella. And, so, <laughs> and like, it could have been worse. It was like, he's walking down the center of a fairway of like a 300 yard fairway, right? We're all going to crush driver right down his, his, the back of his neck. And finally we figured out like, you know, you know he's about out of, uh, out of shot here. And someone like crammed one, like right up his butt, like right uh, like uh, up against his ankle. So he Jeez. got a little like, hop along in his step and continued going. And we kind of thought like, that's amazing. Like this, this poor guy, like he, uh, shipwrecked and, we played one more hole and then one of his coworkers, like one of his, his other tube mates was walking like no uh, shoes on barefoot down the gravel highway with like a dilapidated tube slugged over his shoulder. So we kind of like put two and two together. So he saw like this guy who hit like a jagged rock on the Pitawa channel and uh, it could have been a real tragedy. Like who knows how well this guy, strong this guy is at swimming and he sure doesn't know the area. But uh, I think like we saved someone's life that day. I think he did. Yeah, but though, so that was like the Friday of a, a, of a debauchery weekend at the cottage, and for the rest of the week, and the guys are just giving me hell for for <laughs> taking the time to help out this this poor fella and his <laughs> his captain who was also <laughs> uh, got a hole in his raft. <laughs> what a what an occurrence! <laughs> yeah, I wonder how often that happens at Pitawa. Like I don't know. There's holes there. You can hear, hear people just partying and hooting and hollering and chugging beers and that. Al, Al, would there be any other golf courses in Manitoba that you haven't played yet that you'd love to rescue a refugee at? <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, what uh, what thoroughfare would get you to Oak Island, but uh, maybe I'll just be there for the golf. Uh, I haven't played Oak Island, and from the fellas who have played it, say that it's a real slice. I heard a hustler on your show say that it's a hidden gem and uh, yeah, I'd love to get out there. And you know, Mike, I want to give clear Lake another try is uh, I didn't think I gave it a real fair, fair attempt. The one time I played it and it was this year conditions were awful. Like it was in a monsoon and uh, I was playing with you and you could tell that uh, let's say I overslept that more or underslept that more. I was, uh, I was uh, like uh, a grumpy boy. Yeah, you weren't very happy. It was kind of cold out, and we got hit with some heavy rain, um, yeah. which I was embracing fairly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you try playing with you and see how you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, uh, yeah, I'd like to give Clear Lake another try. And you know what? I want to say uh, I played this course, but no one ever mentions it. And uh, shout out to Toulon Golf Course. If you're looking just for like a day trip golf course that's affordable, no one ever uses it. Uh, Toulon is uh, a real mm-hmm. hidden gem. Yep, been out there a few yep. times. Certainly, nice. no one's mentioned that on, on the courses to play because you know it's it's yeah, no uh, it's not granite, it's not Hecla, it's not Oak Island, but or uh, Buffalo Point. But uh, Toulon is, is is worth getting to. You heard it here first. And he, yeah, if Bell Acres has a tournament that day, go to go to Toulon. <laughs> <laughs> um. What would be the uh, most memorable course that, that you'd say you've ever played? Uh, on a family vacation out to uh, British Columbia, we played Grey Wolf. And I played with my dad and my, my former neighbor. 
And uh, it's golf is a lot different out there. Like it's a lot more expensive, but uh, you, you get what you pay for in British Columbia and, and gray wolf generally makes the score top 100. And they've got like a signature hole that you got like, it's a par three over like a, uh, like, like uh, rapids, like whitewater rapids that uh, are like sloshing around and any, uh, any tubers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I couldn't do anything on those like, cat nines or whatever they are. <laughs> it's a little different than the, you'd see in Manitoba. But uh, uh, yeah. that'd be a great gray wolf in, uh, I think it's near Fairmont, British Columbia, but don't quote me on the, on the city. Yeah, I've always seen it on, uh, yeah, score top 100 there. And I think I've talked to a few other people who've gone there. It's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just great elevation changes and great views. Oh, yeah. It's one of those courses that I, I, I tend to daydream when I'm like a passenger in a vehicle, like, Oh, look at that big old plot of land there. That would make it for a good golf course. Mm -hmm. Someone more wealthy than me had that idea and he actually did it. So (laughs) (laughs) you got a, uh, what'd be your bucket list course anywhere in the world? Uh, Well, Augusta off the table, obviously Augusta national. Yeah. Um, I, I I was thinking about what I would answer to this question. I I think uh, Cabot cliffs. Mm -hmm. I'd like to, you know, go out East there something that is obtainable. Yeah. Uh, a nice golf trip with, uh, whoever we can get to, uh, maybe some couples to do some, uh, lobster fishing. And, uh, every, everyone just, uh, says that as soon as they, they come back from Cabot, they book their next trip there. And, uh, on all the other podcasts I listen to, it's a uh, top on their list for Manitoba for Canada golf destinations. You listen to other podcasts other than ours. <laughs> James Duthie, James Duthie, uh, talks very highly about it. Oh. And uh, they put out a podcast every week. So when I'm waiting for uh, over 18 to upload, I'll uh, <laughs> Very good. Get, my, we'll, get my fix in with some JD. We'll, we'll accept it. Uh, yes. what, what's after, your, after I uh, listen to an old episode. Yes, I, I, thank I you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the replayability sometimes, is Sometimes high. there's some things it's I miss. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. I got to start listening to some of our season one stuff, I think. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah, you were just a, you were just a puppy back then, Mike. Yeah, yeah, still am. Uh, what is your career low round? Uh, last year, I posted a seventy six at Bell Acres, and uh, you know, it's humbling. Some of the other guests you have on the show, like Spears and uh, uh, Zach Thompson, last week, and uh, hearing about all how low they go. And for me, seventy six is uh, some, a number I, I'll probably never get better than. It's like, uh, yeah, I have golf with Skeen and I golf with Adam and they kind of spit one off when they're, they're having a bad round, but, uh, yeah, everything was aligned, uh, last year and all the putts were going in. It's four over par at Bell Acres. And, uh, I parred 18, like pretty much in, uh, pure darkness. <laughs> we were, we were chasing sunlight that day. And if we did, if I wasn't going for a career low, I wouldn't bother finishing the 18, but, uh, I basically hit and then walked to where I felt the ball was going to go based on the, like the club feel off the face. <laughs> and nice. Yeah. Parted, that, parted for a seven, six. That's pretty good. Bell Lakers yeah. is, is not easy. It no, beats me up and it's, I, you know, it's a little bit long. I think you can, you can hit a long ball, Al. Um, Sometimes, yeah. um, and you got that, you got your trusty three wood there to get you around. So, um, and the, yeah. the greens, the greens are always pure and they're, it's, it's that's the thing course. about bell acres is, uh, 
our greens, like they're up in a conversation with, with uh, pretty much anywhere that you go for, for a public round of golf. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, of course that, you know, I, I, I put it up there with Kingswood and bridges and river Oaks. Like it's, it's worth coming to and our, our, our greens are our crown jewel. Yeah. Well, go check them out and go check out Oak Island. Yeah. Check and, out and Toulon <laughs> and Cabot Cliffs. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make it a whole weekend. And the Pinawa yeah. channel. And the Pinawa yeah, channel. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a, definitely a, a, a good time would be had if, you know, you've got a couple car loads and the golfers golfed and the people who didn't want to golf, they just tubed all day. And then you all met for like a, uh, a barbecue afterwards, and that would be uh, some, some some fun. To be so enough for the, the young ones to do. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a good idea for a, mm-hmm. a little staycation. Yeah, four yeah. hours either on the on the river or four hours on the golf course. Yeah, then switch. So <laughs> <laughs> see um, Wild card question. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Um, you, it, the situation arises where you can only play one sport, golf or curling. Which one is it? Oh, I'd have to be golf. It's just so fun. I just like summer's just so wonderful. And, mm. uh, you know, curling, uh, you can only do when the conditions are right. You know, it's gotta be like February and January and, why would I want to be uh, choose this magical like a scenario where I've got to go through the bad months? Like in, in a perfect world, we would all have uh, grown up in like, uh, you know, Florida, California, not here in Manitoba where we can just golf all year round. But since we can't, I guess curling plays a, a, a bridesmaid to my, my love for golf. Good answer. There was a, there's, there's a B to this question. Is it uh, easier to golf or to curl after eight or 10 beers? Uh, curling. Curling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause at least you got three other guys there who can kind of like bail you out. Mm. Like, uh, and then that's the nice thing about curling is that like, think of it like, you know, a scramble team where one guy who, uh, I mean, he's just the, the putter, right? Like he, he contributes that way and right. curling's like that. The person who throws the first stone while very vital, very important. You can kind of like hide your dead weight there. <laughs> yeah. Is that a shout out to all that... the leads in curling? <laughs> hey, that's me. You're speaking to one JR. <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. helps with my like attention too. Cause uh, I'll throw my f- first two stones and then I'm like checking football scores, ch- chatting to somebody who was on another sheet or like a, a I, uh, I'm blessed my teammates. They are the ones who uh, do the strategizing and do the uh, attention paying. <laughs> I'll be usually uh, exercising my jaw muscles with somebody uh, who is playing another uh, game on the, one of the sheets <laughs> beside us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good. I, and you can order a drink from the sheet. And, hey, you know what? Delivered. My dad was the one who came up with that innovation at Assiniboine. Pretty much every curling club does it now, but there's yeah, like smart a... Smart man a bar phone right there on the, the home end of the ice that when you're, uh, you're running low on ammunition, you call up and, uh, it's funny, like after two, two or three weeks, the bartenders are all know you by drink and they'll, they'll like mixing you, uh, whatever your poison is and bringing them right down the stairs. You're never uh, more than about, uh, five or 10 minutes away from a, a full glass in the game of curling. If, uh, the gals are doing their jobs. Good. Oh. 
I'll have to check it out. Uh, flagship question of the back oh, yeah. lightning round, Alistair. What is your favorite condiment? Well, I would have to say, Mikey, my favorite condiment, if it existed, would be yolk. Like, you know, egg yolk. If the Heinz yeah. or the French's people had that in a squeezable refrigerated bottle. Yeah. Like, tell me that wouldn't be delicious on a hamburger or on a hot dog. Like I, if that I, existed, that would be my, my, my goat. That's a very interesting answer. I think yeah. that would be a love hate answer. Yeah. Some, oh, it'd be pure love some people here. hate it. I think I would enjoy it. I like a, a sunny side egg on my oh, burger. So good. Yeah. I got uh, a couple of uh, over easies this morning. We're on like a pizza or something. Uh, oh, it'd be incredible. Like on a sandwich, fun. like on a nice BLT, uh, mm-hmm. that, like hooking up with the tomato, some salt on there. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, you know what, that's a good polarizing topic for like uh, dinner parties and stuff. If you ever in a lurch, ask them, imagine if yolk was a, to- a, a condiment, <laughs> but since it doesn't exist, there's like a, a nice Chipotle that's available at Costco that I like. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of like a, a cream color. It's like the color of like a, like a pumpkin, I guess almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like, I think I know the one. Yeah, and it comes pack. in like a three packer, doesn't it? Like, it's a tour. It's a one of them has uh, got okay. a lime, lime infusion. The other one's more of a spicy okay. and yeah, either yeah. are they're, they're great. Yeah. So that, that would be a, since that does exist, that would be my choice. <laughs> are you, are you throwing that on everything? Well, to an extent, right? Like, uh, not like putting it in soup or <laughs> on a popsicle. I don't know. You want to put yolk on stuff. So <laughs> hey, who knows? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I don't put it on breakfast. Well, you know what? I have put it on hash browns. That's very good. Oh, see, there you go. I can. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, I know it, it, it makes its way onto my hot dogs, makes its way onto my hamburgers. Yeah. I'm a wow. big believer in like a uh, get and drive through and then bring it back uh, to my home and then doctoring mm-hmm. it up with some, um, your own some stuff, stuff in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's a hell of a way to do it. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you ever, uh, soft boil eggs? Oh, Mike, like twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to do that after this, uh, this, uh, interview. Like should, to... Let's get together and we'll have some soft boiled eggs. Oh yeah. Let's have a, a real, a real old fashioned boil. <laughs> no, I like to do that. I like to put them in the fridge and then I wake up in the morning and two pieces of toast and then get a little, I, I peel a soft boiled egg while it's cooking. And like, I, you know, the green onion chives. Mm. Just dice up a few on the, uh, those, and that's a uh, yep. breakfast roll, Alistair. How about that, hey? How about that? Yeah, yeah, boy. Well, usually good. I get Any hungry after these. listeners are still tuning in. I'm sure they're happy that they did. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I am not. I am not looking forward to my next meal now, so appreciate that. Thank oh, you. I thought you were going to say looking forward to editing this. But... <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all cut. Hey, yeah. if I may, guys, I, I got a question I was going to ask you. Sure. And, uh, you know, I love what you do. I love your, uh, your entire program and your backline, uh, uh, lightning round in particular, but if there was some kind of like dumb luck situation where either of you won the masters, what would you choose as your champions dinner the next year? <laughs> oh, mine would be fish and chips. Oh yeah. Oh, Get yeah. some Fergie's going. <laughs> yeah. Fergie's for sure. Like I, I've, well, Mike knows we've been at Hecla enough and, I've been around, uh, anytime I go somewhere, if there's fish and chips on the menu, I'm getting fish and chips. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, do you, do you like, uh, what's the, uh, the, 
malt vinegar, like the foot smelling one. Yeah, I can put it on there. If I'm over, if I'm over in England, yeah, for sure. I'll throw it on there. It's a little okay. different over here. It's the same with beer. Like beer just is, seems to be mm. a little, gotta little get some yolk. Gotta get gotta some yolk. Yeah, yeah. Have you tried, have you tried a, <laughs> yeah. a soft boiled egg? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I, my answer would be something. I just love tasting new foods and all these crazy concoctions they're, they're putting together. Uh, yeah. some, some of these places, uh, you know, big Italian guy, pasta, oh, nice, uh, pasta lasagna, yeah, lasagna. <laughs> throw some Manitoba beets on lasagna. there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good, fresh food. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anybody. Some pick. Don't have a good answer. Maybe like no, uh, no. Lasagna is a good answer. I'm sure a tiger would love getting a nice corner piece. <laughs> lasagna is not a great answer, but uh, uh, you know, maybe a well, good thanks for indulging me. Steak and and some some lobster. Just throw. I would yeah. really just everything. A little bit of everything from everywhere. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm happy you answered that way because much like the you know what course would you want to play, everyone's going to lean towards Augusta, which I think they would say like with like a Kobe steak or like Wagyu beef. But you guys, uh, you went against the grain, and I, I, I love you for doing that. <laughs> Fish and chips and lasagna. Wow, <laughs> we're so. Uh, that yeah. was, I think that might've been the whitest thing we've said on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. To us. Glass of water on the side for dipping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, all right, let's, let's well, wrap it up. That was the back night lightning round for Bryce Batlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of I Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 515 Three four four six. Uh, we'll also get you that DQ DQ Blizzard, and we'll donate a DQ cake to a to a charity of either your choice, or we'll we'll figure out some way to get a, a DQ cake out wow. to uh, someone from the Nick and Nicky mm-hmm. group of DQs: DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And we we mentioned Oak Island a bunch in this as well. And so check out our pod show notes because uh, for all of September, our stay and play packages are twenty percent off. Just mention eighteen over par. The link's right there for you. That's it. That's yeah. all. Al, Alistair, this was awesome. We really appreciate uh, you coming on. Like I said, it was probably a couple Thanks, years in guys. the making. And uh, you are a, a local celebrity. Definitely. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And before I go, uh, what you, JR, and you, Mike, do for the golf community, it should go on notice more often. Uh, we all choose this sport because we love it. And you're probably not aware of, uh, of what you're doing to keep it grow in Manitoba, but uh, you, are, uh, you are doing some good work in that. So thank you for doing what you guys oh, do. Thank you. Oh, well, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Al. And keep up the fine, fine work. Hey, will you go enjoy that soft-boiled egg? <laughs> I've been looking at it. <laughs> Adios. All right, have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. A hidden gem no more. Enjoy one of the top stay and play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you put it out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. 
Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.